Acts chapter 12, we're in a series entitled, Who Told You That? We are replacing lies with truth and shame with grace and fear with faith. We got this originally from Genesis chapter 3 when, when God asked uh, Adam the question, who told you that you're naked? Who, who lied to you? What lie have you believed that is now creating your identity? And so we want to expose these lies, replace them with the truth of God's word. Wherever I'm bound, I've believed a lie. And wherever I'm free, I've believed a truth. And so we want to be a people of truth so that we can walk in freedom. Acts chapter 12, verse 5. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. Wow, how do you, how do you sleep on death row? <laughs> Bound with chains and the sentry stood guard at the entrance. So there's 16 soldiers total guarding him. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up. He said and the chains fell off of Peter's wrists. Notice that angelic activity brought freedom to Peter. Then the angel said to him, put your clothes on, put your sandals on. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And the angel, uh, and the angel told him. And Peter followed him out of the prison. But he had no idea that the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. You know, this is, I, I'm not going to preach on this, but there's something amazing that happens when you begin to be a, become a person of prayer where you don't always know, is this in the spirit or in the natural until you start seeing it in the natural. Like, let me just, everything I'm seeing in our church right now, I saw in the spirit. And it was just as real then as it is now. This this is prayer. Peter goes, "Am am I in a trance? Am I in the spirit? Am I in a... And, and when you become a real person of prayer, you don't always know until, until it manifests. Okay. Peter came to himself, verse 11, and now without a doubt, he said, the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. When, when this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Again, another side note, not going to preach on this, but this is the house uh, where the upper room happened in Acts 2. It is amazing that the church was birthed in prayer and is now sustained in prayer. And it's just for fun. Don't worry, I'm not preaching on it. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed. She ran back. She didn't even open the door. She just ran back to the prayer meeting. <coughs> Think about this. They're praying for Peter's release. And she goes back and goes, Peter's at the door. You're out of your mind. Isn't that amazing? They, they didn't even believe the prayers they were praying. Lord, have mercy. It, it must have been his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door, they saw him, and they were astonished. Let's talk from the subject today. Who told you God does not answer prayer? Who told you that God does not answer prayer? Who told you that God does not answer 
prayer. To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. I, I, I try not to ever question someone's Christianity based on their current issues. But it is always curious to me a Christian who does not pray. See, the book of Acts is a prayer book. The book of Acts is actually technically called the Acts of the Apostles. It records the birth of the church, the history of the church, the, the activity of the church. And though we, we could learn a lot from the book of Acts, the one constant theme of the book of Acts is their devotion to God in prayer. Let me say it like this. Without prayer, we don't have the book of Acts. Because every act of the apostles was connected to the prayers of the apostles. And every great thing God will do in your life and every great thing God will do through your life will be connected to your prayer life. You want God to do something great in you? Pray. You want God to do something great for you? Pray. You want God to do something great through you? Pray. Without prayer, that don't happen because it's God's invitation system from heaven to earth. Where is God in the earth? No, where are the prayers of the people? Where's, where's, where's God and all that is happening? No, where are the people of God inviting God into situations? Is it okay in 2023 that I just preach on prayer? Is that all right? Do we still believe in that or... Do you need seven steps to time management or do you need 14 steps to a better self-esteem? Or is it okay? Can we just talk about God today? Is that all right? Can we talk about prayer? Do we need 15 steps to better cuticles? Or can we really, can I, can I preach? Because I feel like that's a lot of the pulpit today. I feel like a lot of the pulpit is, is talking about you and how awesome you are and how bad they are. But how about we talk about how awesome our God is. And how powerful you are when you pray. So here's point number one. It's really deep, really deep. Pray. This is deep today, Pastor Bruce. This is deep today. Pray. You got to pray. Someone called you Pastor Bruce today, so I'm going to call you that now. To pray is to admit that you need God. And to refuse to pray is to admit that you don't think you need God. Every time you refuse to pray, you, you, are, you are admitting that you think you got this. There is no greater act of humility than prayer. There's no greater act of pride than prayerlessness. And God says, I resist the proud. That doesn't mean that he hates you and doesn't mean that he's mad at you. It means that he's going to let you do you, boo-boo. You, you, you want to live a life without prayer? God says, okay. But he gives grace to the humble. There is a grace only experienced in the life of prayer. See, there's a grace that saves you, but there's a grace that changes you. And actually, both are connected to prayer because the grace that saves me is released when I call upon the name of the Lord and say, save me. But there's a grace that changes me, and that's my prayer life. Is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? I love that. Preach, Corrington Boone. Preach. Is 
By the way, if you don't know that name, you need to Google that name. She's a hero. Is it, is it your steering wheel or is it your spare tire? Jesus said, when you pray, pray this. Your will be done. Your will be done. Your will be done. Your will be done. What does this mean? This, this implies that this is how God's will is done. Is that okay? Like, Jesus did not say, pray, God, I know your will is already done. Life is, uh, I don't know, but I guess God's, no. Jesus is saying this, that God's will is not automatic on the earth. And there is only one way for the will of God to be established on the earth, and that is through prayer. We got to go back to God's first man, Adam. Before Adam sinned, and before Adam messed up, and before Adam rebelled against God, and before Adam committed high treason against God, Adam still had a work on the earth. God said, heaven's going to belong to me, Adam, earth's going to belong to you. So subdue it, and multiply it, and and, and lead it and rule it and reign in it. And in the same way, now that we're under the second Adam, God is saying, yeah, heaven belongs to me, but hey, Christians, you're going to subdue and you're going to rule. You never subdue people and you never rule over people and you never control people. What you do is you pray and you invite God's reign and heaven's reign onto the earth and you rule against principalities and powers and rulers in high places through prayer and in the same way that Adam had authority but had to take authority, the church has authority but has to take authority. Jesus said, I have all authority. That means the devil has no authority. If Jesus has all authority and the devil has no authority, why aren't we walking in our authority? Because it's only available in prayer. Prayer changes things and prayer changes me. Let me, let me say this. Prayer is not a work. Oh, brother, we're not saved by works, brother. Praise God, brother. We believe in grace, brother. All right, brother. <laughs> prayer is not a religious duty. Prayer is not a work. Listen to me. Prayer is verbalized faith. Prayer is verbalized faith that invites God to work. Prayer is not a work. Prayer is an invitation for God to work. But the church prayed. But the church prayed. But a conjunction. Used to introduce a phrase or clause contrasting and contradicting what has already been mentioned. Yeah, babe, your hair looks good, but... Sir, you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, that dress looks good, but <laughs> you're dead, bro. You're dead. Because you're, you're about to contradict and contra. You know, Pastor, I really love that sermon, but, oh, okay, thanks. Anyway, <laughs> you tried. <laughs> no, no, no. The moment you put up, but you are contradicting and contrasting everything you just said. Peter's on death row. Peter's in prison. Peter's going to die, but I'm going to contradict what's just been said. I'm going to contrast what's just been said. I'm going to disagree with what's just been said. I know what Herod has planned, but 
I know what the devil has planned, but I know what their ideas are, but I know I'm supposed to die tomorrow, but I know what the doctor said, but I know what the economist said, but I know what the politician said, but I know what the therapist said, but I know what you said, but I'm going to contradict and I'm going to contrast what's been said with a new word, a new statement. Oh, God. Prayer creates a contrasting reality to the plans of the enemy. Prayer contradicts the desires of the devil. I was tired, but I prayed. I was sick, but the elders of the church laid hands on me. I was bound in a cycle, but the church prayed. I know what's going on, but I know what I'm seeing, but I know the issues but I know what the doctor said, but I know what would normally happen next, but I see the mountain, but. Your, your, your prayers say no to the plans of the wicked one. Your prayers bring transformation. Your prayers get the attention of God. The angel answered, Acts 10, for your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Look at that. God said, your prayers and your giving, the two things the American church just doesn't want to do. Now, now we're, we're I'll, I'll say that. We're, we're, we're different. Church is very generous. This church is very prayerful. But I'm saying in general, in the West, the church does not give and the church does not pray. But there are two things that come up as an offering before God. And it is our prayers and it is our giving. By the way, you know who God told that to? He told it to a man named Cornelius who wasn't even a Christian. God goes, I need you on my side. Look how generous you are and look how you pray. And, you, and you're doing that without Jesus. You're doing that without salvation. What would happen if I save you, man? You're going to be... You're going to become a powerhouse in the Holy Ghost. And so an angel literally goes to Cornelius and says, we've been, we've been hearing your prayers up there. We've been watching your gifts. Want to join our team? Cornelius is like, bet, yes. <laughs> and Cornelius and his whole family get saved. Because God loves the prayers of the people and God loves generosity. Revelation 5.8 they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. Someone said, Jabin, what is Revelation 5.8 talking about? I'm not totally sure. <laughs> but here's what I know, that in the spirit, John sees a vision of heaven. And he sees these giant bowls that are before the Lord. And they're filled with the prayers of God's people. So if I have a bowl in heaven... I want to make sure it's not empty. I don't want God to go to my bowl and go, well, okay, I guess Jabin's good. I guess Jabin's got this. I guess Jabin's self-reliant. I guess Jabin's gifted enough, talented enough, has enough money. I guess he's got this on his own. All right, bro, I'm 
There's nothing to answer because there's nothing that's been said. There's nothing that's been offered. So I'm going to go to the next bowl. Listen, I want to make sure that when God goes to my bowl, it's full of prayer. It's full of faith. It's full of generosity. I want to make sure that when God sees me, he sees that I have a verbalized faith. Come on, something powerful happens when we pray. Isaiah 37, 21. I'm just talking about prayer. I'm just talking about prayer. The prophet Eli, uh, Isaiah, excuse me, he goes to the king named Hezekiah and he says this. This is what the Lord God of Israel says. Man, I just want you to get three words, put them in your notes, take a picture, do something about this. Because you prayed. That's all I got to say. Because you prayed. Hezekiah was about to go to battle and he prayed. And God says, because you prayed. Because you didn't do this on your own. Because you didn't lean on your own understanding. Because you didn't rely on your own uh, works and your own righteousness. Because you didn't uh, rely on your own gifts and talents and abilities alone. But because you prayed. Because you prayed, I'm going to give you the victory. Because you prayed, you're about to defeat your enemies. Because you prayed, I'm going to get involved. Because I, I saw you but now I get to join you because you invited me into your situation. And let me talk to every parent. Because you prayed, God will save your children. Because you prayed, God will bring restoration to your family. Because you prayed, your child can run, but they cannot hide. Because you prayed, darkness is lifting up off of your house. Because you prayed, the angel of the Lord is going right into that prison. Chains are falling, doors are opening. Because, oh, come on, somebody. Because you prayed. It was never a question of God's ability. It was a question of Hezekiah's surrender. Because you prayed. Does that mean every time I pray, I'm going to get a yes? I'm not sure, but I know you're going to get more yeses if you pray than if you don't. So let's do that. How about we pray more than pray less? Pray. All right. I said I was going to be real deep today, so here's number two. It's real deep now. Now we're going real deep. Are you ready? Pray again. Pray again. Well, I, I prayed one time and nothing happened. Pray again. Well, I prayed for that job and I didn't get it. Pray again. Well, I prayed, I thought I was healed. I'm still sick. Pray again. I, I wish I had more for you. How do you pray for Peter? See, this is what we miss in, in, in Acts 12 because we didn't have time to read it. But James just died by the hands of Herod. How do I pray for Peter when I lost James? How do I pray for this moment when I'm still dealing with the disappointment of the last moment? See, why I love the church praying is because they didn't give up. They didn't go, I guess this is it. I guess this is the end of the church. I guess if Peter would have died that day, it would have brought so much pain and discouragement to that baby church. I'm not sure they would have made it. And there's something about Praying for Peter when you've lost James. There's something about praying again when you don't want to pray again. There's something about calling on the name of Jesus in disappointment. There's something about believing God 
again. And, and you don't even know where the faith is. They're praying. I mean, let's be honest. They're kind of praying without faith. Because when God answers their prayer, they didn't believe it. Oh, brother, you prayed, but you obviously didn't have enough faith. Uh-uh. Pray without faith. Oh, did that just mess up your theology? Good. Pray without it while you're waiting on it. Pray without faith while your faith is growing. Pray without faith while your faith is being reborn. Pray without faith while you're missing James. Pray for Peter when you're still grieving over what did not happen. Expect something better when I'm still in the pain of what did not happen. I don't have a lot of faith, but that's not going to stop my prayers. Because if I stop praying, the devil wins. I, I, man, I know it's only 9.30 in the morning. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. I, I speak to every disappointed soul in the name of Jesus. Pray again. Pray again. Pray because the angel's being released. The chains are falling. Doors are opening. I can hear Peter knocking. Pray again. Somebody say pray again. James chapter 5 verse 18. And he prayed again. And he prayed again and the heavens gave rain. And the earth produced fruit and he prayed again. I'm so sorry you're new to our church and you're probably white and you're going... This isn't, this isn't like my last church. I know, I'm, I know, but I'm so glad you're here. Just smile, and, and eventually one day you're going to be shouting too. So just stay with me, stay with me. And I'm not always this rowdy, but when, don't get me started talking about prayer, okay? When I start talking about prayer, something, something, something on the inside gets kicking because I'm, I'm just telling you, pray again. I'm telling you, I've been praying for a friend for two years. I've been praying for one friend for two years. And he has gotten nothing but worse for two years. And this week, this week, we're finally seeing a breakthrough in his health. This week. And we've been praying for two years. And he has gotten death sentence after death sentence after, and I have prayed, and I have prayed, and I have, I'm just telling somebody, don't let what happened to James stop you from what's about to happen to Peter. I don't know why James died, but I'm going to keep on praying. Prayer does not change God. Prayer changes me. Prayer does not change God's mind. Prayer submits my heart. Prayer. Prayer. Oh, I missed it. We got to go back to Matthew 7. Keep on asking. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Amen. Now, these are in red. That's Jesus. Jesus never said, man, you prayed, huh? You prayed once. Didn't happen. Man, you need more faith. He never said. He said, keep on asking. Keep on seeking, and you'll find. Keep on 
knocking and the door will be open for everyone who asks. Now, if you were to read this in the Greek language, here's what you would read. For everyone who asks and keep on asking, receives. Everyone who seeks and keeps on seeking, finds. Everyone who knocks and keeps on knocking, the door will be open. You never know what day the door opens. So you just keep on knocking. And you just keep praying. And you just keep believing God. Prayer takes hold of God's willingness. You know, people would walk up to Jesus and go, if you're willing. He never looked back at someone and said, I'm not. I'm not willing. Sorry. Been a tough day. A lot going on. You don't have any faith. No. Jesus never turned away a sick person. So why do people die? I don't know. I got a lot of questions when I get up there. But I know what the word says, so I'm going to keep praying. He never said, it's not my will to help you. He never said that. He said, I'm willing. So we're going to keep contending. We're going to keep fighting. We're going to keep praying. We're going to keep believing God. Lastly, I, 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 I lied yesterday, by the way. I lied. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. I, I put out a tweet in a, in, a, in a thread, you know, the new threads, and I... And I put it on my Instagram. I said I got a two-point sermon tomorrow. But the, the I should have known better. Because, you know, Jasmine, you know I'm a three-pointer. You know I can't do two points. It, like, messes up my whole equilibrium if I only do two points. No, but I, 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 real, I was just in the text. And I was just in the text. And I was just in the text. And I, I went, oh, no, there's a third point. So first, you got to pray. Second, you got to pray again. Third, you got to pray together. You got to pray together. Can you high-five someone around you? Say, I need you. Tell them that. I need you. I need you. I need you. Even if you don't know them, tell them, I need you. Can you look at one more? Look at your second choice. Say, I need your faith. Come on, tell them, I need your faith. Oh, did you tell them? Did you tell? I need your faith. I need your faith. I need. But the, but the church prayed. Church, Greek word, ekklesia, which means a public gathering of the saints leaving their homes for corporate worship. That's what church means, by the way. I am the church. No, you isn't. You ain't the church till you leave your house and gather. You're you're not the church till you're with at least two or three others. Because the church is the saints leaving their homes for public worship. That's what church means, ecclesia. It is the governing body of the kingdom of God. You know, I don't really like the church. I like the kingdom. The kingdom operates through a vehicle called the church. Don't have to be this church. Go find you a church. But you got to be in one. Because the kingdom operates within the ecclesia, within the called out ones. The church prayed. The church prayed. The church prayed. They gathered and they start praying. Yes, you should pray alone. Yes, praying alone is powerful. Yes, you should pray in your car. Yes, you should pray daily. Yes, you should pray when you wake up. Yes, you should pray when you go to bed. Yes, you should pray without ceasing. Of course, but something supernatural happens when the church prays. 
Something happens when we pray together. Was it your faith or was it my faith? Or was That's what's awesome. No, it's like, I don't know. There's this group of four friends who have a, who have a friend who's sick and they, they want to get him to, to Jesus. So they, they get him, they get him right in front of Jesus. And the Bible says, when Jesus saw their faith, whose? Them. Was it Art's or was it Nadia's or was it Josh's or was it Omar's or was it Mitch's or was it, who, was it Carlos's or was it whose faith was? It was their faith. Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 29. Oh, that you were wise. <laughs> oh, that you would understand this. Oh, that you would consider your latter end. Watch this. How one could chase a thousand. Like, oh man, I wish you would see the wisdom of this. is what Moses is saying. Oh, that you would catch the wisdom of this. One can chase a thousand. Two. Now, if, if we're in the natural, two chases two thousand, right? Like in the natural. If one chases a thousand, two chases two thousand, but not in the kingdom. Two chases ten thousand. How? I don't know. That's why I just keep coming to church. That's why I just keep showing up. Because I, ne- I never know when I'm going to face a 10,000 enemy. So I always make sure I'm in the army. Because when the lion prowls on the herd of zebras, I refuse to be that one dum-dum out on the edge going, I'm good, I'm fast, I'm okay. No, 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 no. I'm going to be with the pack. I'm going to be with the crew. I'm going to be with everybody else. I'm not living on the edge. I'm not wondering how far can I be outside of the body of Christ and still be a Christian. I'm wondering how far can I get in without getting taken up to heaven. I'm trying to get. Ben, let's, oh, hey, you're here. Hi. (laughs) Y'all just snuck up on me. 